Well, hello. Welcome again to another episode of Deserts to Mountaintops. I am Jess Buchanan, your host. I'm also the founder of Soul Speak Press, a boutique, non-traditional publishing company for women who've been through something, now they know something, and they want to teach us something. I have the immense pleasure of having Amy Matthew on this morning. She's one of our contributing authors for our second volume, our second anthology of Deserts to Mountaintops, Choosing Our Healing Through Radical Self-Acceptance. Amy wrote a chapter uh, called Beautiful, and I am so happy to have her here today. I'll stop talking about you in third person. Amy, hi, welcome. <laughs> hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So fun fact, Amy's actually my sister. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like people should know that, like, or that they do know that, but yeah. it's funny. We, I got a really lovely email just yesterday because at the time of this recording, uh, the book was launched about a week ago. And so women are reading it. They're like devouring it. They're giving us all kinds of feedback. They're leaving reviews. It's been awesome. Um, But one woman in particular uh, took time to email me and say how much your chapter moved her and it resonated with her. And she was actually, she said she started bawling and she was going to go back and read it again um, that night. And so I knew this. Well, it's so funny because then I wrote her back because she wanted to, she wanted to know um, if it would be okay if she got in touch with you. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's okay. And also fun fact, she's my sister. And she like that blew her mind. She was just like, oh my goodness. So I was so excited. I'm so excited for that connection to happen to one of your readers. I love that. Uh, So why don't you, if you don't mind, go back and talk, tell us a little bit about you know, realizing the desert is not just one moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It can be, it can span many, many years, but let's talk a little bit about that desert and what you chose to write about in, in the anthology. Sure. Well, um, I really focused in working on this chapter on, um, the diagnosis that I received, I guess it's been about five or six years ago now. Um, a vestibular migraine. And so, um, the chapter is really just sort of getting into, you know, how that manifested for me. Um, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. I just started having these really weird, um, vague symptoms, and then they became more and more pronounced over time. Um, so the chapter really focuses in on that, but it's also, you know, really about how, you know, pushed off so many of us can feel. And I think especially as women, um, you know, just feeling like we cannot get the attention and the care that we deserve. Um, you know, I went to so many doctors, I tried so many different avenues to try to get to the root of whatever was happening. Um, you know, just to get a diagnosis, just Mm -hmm. to get help and support. And I felt really pushed aside for a long time. And, you know, as I'm hearing from people and sort of learning about other people's stories, I'm realizing a, how common that is, especially for women, Mm -hmm. but also that some people go for years and years with symptoms like mine or, or other types of symptoms without a diagnosis. I think the lovely woman that you were just referring to said that she had dealt with her symptoms for like something like 10 years, I think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A decade before she found out what she had. 
it's just, I can't even imagine because it took me a year to get diagnosed and then another year to have any type of real, um, difference with my symptoms because of just trying to figure out a treatment plan, because it's just so different for everyone. Um, can I, I, inter- I ask imagine. a quick, quick question? What is vestibular migraine in case somebody yeah. comes across this episode and perhaps they've been having similar yeah. symptoms? Yeah. Well, so it's a neurological, um, disorder, really a migraine disorder. But I think the reason that vestibular migraine is so difficult to diagnose is because most, um, people that experience vestibular migraine, um, do not have like the headaches. They may have the like sort of typical migraine at other points, um, which I have had, um, where you sort of get like the auras and then that onset of the really bad pain. And then for me, after that, I usually get sick to my stomach and it's, you know, just obviously not a pleasant thing. So I had experienced like a typical migraine before, but never thought that what I was experiencing was a migraine because they're, they call it a silent headache because you're not really experiencing the headache. Although I did feel often like a lot of head pressure and like the feeling of throbbing without the pain, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was mostly really, really intense brain fog and just a dizziness that was constant. So I think what happens for a lot of people is you have episodic mm-hmm. migraine, um, vestibular migraine. So you'll have like episodes of dizziness and then it goes away and you're like, okay, well, I'm fine. Um, Kind of like vertigo or something. Right. Just think they have vertigo, but vertigo is vertigo is a symptom. It's really not a diagnosis. Um, but doctors sort of hand it out like it's a diagnosis, but if you're dealing with vertigo, there's usually something, well, I mean, there is, there's something causing it. So for me, um, yeah, just getting that diagnosis was everything because I had no idea that I had a migraine and what happens is it turns from episodic to chronic. And that's what had happened for me, um, pretty quickly. So chronic was like no break. So I was just dizzy for two years without any breaks. And then it started to subside, but it wasn't over, you know, within two years, it took Mm -hmm. really more like three to feel like myself again. Oh my God. And, you know, as your sister, I have been, on the outside looking in, you know, and tried to be like, um, as much of an emotional support as I could possibly be. Um, but you know, watching you struggle, um, and, and I think it bears mentioning that you have two small children you were pregnant with your second, yeah. um, through this whole experience. So I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. Mm-hmm. Um, to to deal with like constant dizziness, mm-hmm. and um, when you got two small children that you're caring for and you're trying to work, yeah, yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. Um, you and I, I mean, of course, I'm not just saying this because we're doing a podcast. You and my <laughs> husband Andy <laughs> were the only people that really knew how bad it was, how bad I felt. And that, that I felt like I could, you know, just let you 
see all of me, I guess. And mm-hmm. I knew I was totally safe and totally supported. Mm-hmm. It was just so hard to explain because, you know, I had a very close friend um, at work and I had close friends outside of work and people that I, you know, knew really cared about me, but you know, you're at work. So you're just trying to get through the day without crying. And it was like, once I started, I was never going to stop. So there were just a lot of days that I faked it, you know, and I felt miserable, but it's silence, you know, people, um, you know, it's that invisible illness, chronic illness. So often is, you know, Mm -hmm. people don't see it, so they can't really conceptualize it. And a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, like, with some of the doctors that I experienced, um, they don't think it's real or they think you just have, um, they think you have anxiety, which of course you're going to have some anxiety, you know, but it, for me, it wasn't the root cause. It wasn't what was causing, you know, my symptoms. So, so what caused it? Do you know? I, um, I don't really know, honestly, I can look back and see that about a year or two before that, was really stressful. I was really exhausted, not taking care of myself in a lot of ways that I, that I should have been. Um, I think another thing that really contributed was I was experiencing rebound headaches, but I didn't know that I didn't know what they were. Um, so I woke up every morning with like a slight headache and I took ibuprofen and that probably really created like the onset of the vestibular migraine. Um, because a rebound headache is just when you like treat it and it comes back and you can't really get rid of it without treating it with something. And so then you're always kind of adding more, um, medication or caffeine or whatever, and it's kind of fuel to the fire. So I think that definitely contributed. And then it's also hereditary for a lot of people. Um, so I, but you know, as you know, our family history, I don't really know of anyone that struggled with this. So, Um, they say like for small children that have really bad, um, motion sickness, that that can be an indicator. So that's something so much because my Abba, I know it's really motion sick. I'm like, okay, well, by the time she reaches adulthood, surely they'll have figured something out. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we know so much more than we did even when I was diagnosed and there's so many different treatments and medications that are really effective. So but yeah, I think, you know, I did have really terrible motion sickness mm-hmm. as a kid. So right. I do think I, I was, I was the recipient yes. <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. Uh, I'm really oh, good gosh. at catching barf. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in so many years. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did that to you. <laughs> Help it. We're like six. <laughs> you got an older sister oh, for a reason. <laughs> You've been there literally from day one. All right. So let's like traverse and let's pivot. Let's go up. Like, what would you consider your mountaintop to be? Oh gosh. The most simple days. Oh, I'm getting emotional. The most simple days at home Mm -hmm. with my kids when it was like, you could see, you know, I think, um, and I think in the chapter, I sort of alluded to this. It's sort of like seeing the sun start to coming through the clouds, yeah. you know, yeah. and just like the sunlight started streaming in a little bit. And that's how it felt once the medication started working. And I finally, 
you know, started feeling, it was like, I would have longer stretches where I felt good during the day Mm -hmm. and that would start happening, you know, more consistently and just being able to be home with my kids and enjoying them, not thinking, you know, about the symptoms I was having and trying to push those aside so I could try to be present, but just being able to naturally be present with them. Mm -hmm. And just so thankful. And especially at that point, you know, my daughter was a newborn, so I was able to enjoy her a little bit finally. And, you know, just be able to, yeah, be present with my kids, my family. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I know oftentimes we think the mountaintop needs to be like some big, you know, huge accomplishment, you know, and we, we don't give recognition and take pause to really stand in awe of the seemingly normal mm-hmm. moments um, that really are the mountaintop. They really are. When yeah. you're really yeah. sick, you just think about how much you want your old life back. Yes. And how thankful you yes. should have been for it and yes. how thankful you will be if you get to experience it again, which, you know, and yeah. on a whole different level. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that perspective, that was a real perspective um, change shift mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that oftentimes, like, whenever, especially like around exercise and stuff, like, you know, I, I, I like to exercise and I like to move. I'm, I'm kind of like a, I'm not a peaceful person, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and, um, anytime I like feel like, ugh, I should, I don't want to go out and take a walk. Yeah. I do. I think back to the, the 93 days, you know, yeah. where I was sequestered to a mat under right. a tree you know, where I couldn't move freely. And that gives me the kick I need, right. To get out and take care of myself and, you know, all of that. So I, you know, I really do believe that the gift in, in the breakdown is the breakthrough, right. It is that, that perspective shift because it will, if you let it, Mm -hmm. it'll take your life on a whole different trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, that's really true. And I see that in you. So, okay. I have two other questions I want to ask. One is about the writing process and what that's been like for you. Um, and then two, I want to know like what your plans are, like what's next. So, um, however you want to do that. Okay. I'll start with the writing process. I writing has never really been my thing. Um, I've, I've never really engaged with it as like a creative outlet. So I honestly, and I don't say this in like a self-defeating way. I just, at the beginning really didn't know if I could do this because I've never really, you know, written very much before. Why'd you decide to do it then? Because I hassled you (laughs) (laughs) to get you off my back. No, (laughs) no, definitely not. I think I just knew Well, first you start thinking how much, how healthy this will be, you know, for me to kind of process through it, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, this is sort of a vague illness. And I think a lot of people are probably struggling with it and have no idea what they have. Mm -hmm. So it probably sounds cheesy, but I, I mean it, you know, like if, if somebody can be helped and not have to go through, you know, 
gosh, just wondering and wondering what's wrong with you and being going through all these tests. And, you know, if you can narrow that down, that is amazing. That's not cheesy. That's the whole point of the book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be like, well, to help someone, but I mean, it is, it's, but it is, it's to help someone. You want, I wanted that. So I hope that it does. Um, but the writing process was, it was hard. Absolutely. But in some ways easier than what I expected, because I think it starts to flow when you get into that Mm -hmm. process, because you're writing about something that, you know, really intimately well, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how much I needed it. It was so healing for me. It was, it was really healing for me to express how much it all hurt and how difficult it was. And for people that I didn't feel like I could maybe share it with at the time, because I just didn't know how, um, you know, I could share it now. And, and that was really validating on a lot of levels for me. So did anybody come to you and say like, wow, I I had no idea how bad it was. Yeah. Several people, really close friends and even our dad, you know, he read it and I mean, he was very supportive at the time and he knew I wasn't doing well, but but yeah, after he read the chapter, he just looked at me and he was like, I am so sorry. I had no idea how bad it was. You know, I think you're just a lot of times when you're with people and seeing people and spending time with them, you're just trying so hard to be in the moment and not think about how you're feeling. I almost feel like I disassociated sometimes. So I just really didn't talk about it very much. Yeah. Now you have brought up to me in conversation, something that I think is interesting. And I wonder if other writers that I've worked with have felt this, um, but haven't mentioned it. Um, You said something about like, there was this fear that if you were going to spend all this time thinking about it again, that it was like the symptoms were going to come back. Did yes, I get that right? Absolutely. Yeah. That was, yeah, <clears throat> that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was a definite fear. It was like, I've spent all this time trying to not think about this, not focus on it, focus on other things in my life, because I do still have episodic, you know, mm-hmm. vestibular migraine. It probably, you can go into remission, but like, are you ever really cured? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the writing process, I did have a really bad flare up and I don't really know what caused it. And it went on for a couple of months. And, you know, I had a few moments where I was like, oh no, maybe I, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, but it's just sort of that, that fear of like opening yourself back up to it mm-hmm. in some way. Um, so I think honestly that that was probably one of the most significant parts though, because I faced it. I faced the fear. I did have a flare up and I got through it and I got to the other side of it and I completed this goal. And so it really did make me feel like I, you know, okay, I faced this fear. And if it happens again, I'll get through it. You Mm -hmm. know, I have more tools now than I had before. I think it's just so interesting to, to, to be able to like, view um an episode or a flare up through that lens and yeah. and perhaps seeing writing as a tool yeah to have gotten you through that yeah like a coping skill really. yeah 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 I and I love that because writing is my coping skill 
Yeah. Like when I don't know what to do, what to think, I write yeah. to know what I'm thinking. Someone famous oh, said that wow. or said yeah. that once. But, and I, I saw that and I was like, yes, that's exactly like, yeah. so um, I, I love hearing that from other people that you yeah. have been able to like experience that because yeah. I think it's one of the greatest gifts of being a human. Yeah. Um. Okay. So That's tell us awesome. what you're up to now and what, what your, you know, what your plans are. What's, what's, what's the haps and how can, how can people connect with you? Okay. Well, you can find me Um. probably the best spot is on Instagram Um. at pain pathway. Um, that's where I focus a little bit more on, um, the coaching that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am a behavioral coach for a company. I do that part-time right now and I'm getting ready to start a certification program, which I'm excited about nervous, but excited. Um, so by the end of that, I'll be, um, a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. And at that point, I'd really like to start taking on, um, some more clients outside of the work that I'm doing for this organization and do some things a little bit more independently. So that's what I'm hoping So if anybody who's dealing with vestibular migraine or, you know, something similar reaches out to you, um, you're there to help. Absolutely. Yes. Please reach out. I would love to talk to you. And, um, you know, there's just so many good resources I can point you in other directions and listen, I am happy to happy to do that. So yeah, Amy's been a counselor for like 20 years and literally she's the best listener (laughs) ever. So I get to personally benefit from that. (laughs) You're Uh, pretty good too. (laughs) Amy, you're a gift to me and to the world. Thank you so much for um, doing something big and scary and, Mm -hmm. and putting this out there. It is, I believe I always say that these writing our experiences is a very generous contribution. Mm. And I believe that um, the the women who need to read it and connect with you will find find you and find your story. So thank, thank you for you. trusting Soul Speak Press and me uh, with that. Well, thank you. I never would have done this without you, honestly. So thank you for the opportunity and all of the support from the beginning, even when I was car sick <laughs> as, as a child. I know this is kind of like a full circle moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love it. Known on that school bus that day. <laughs> Here we are. Well, I'll, I'll catch your barf anytime. <laughs> <Likewise>. <laughs>